Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Sunday, April 24th, 2022, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well today. It's been a very, very busy weekend. I taught some online classes uh, this weekend as well. Uh, and we have a um, jam-packed show for you uh, today also. I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday. So some, some of you all saw that. I'm going to share a segment from uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, from Friday, uh, April, uh, April 22nd. And we were talking about uh, what's been going on in Florida and the um, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis signing uh, a bill that would abolish two uh, black congressional districts in Florida, District 10 and District 5. One of those, one of those districts is currently held by Representative Val Demings, who's running for U.S. Senator from Florida. Okay, so, uh, and that's, uh, an example of, uh, in Florida of what happens, you know, of understanding how elections have consequences also. So we're going to talk about that. And then, uh, also we're going to be joined by, uh, Professor James Small and Dr. Linda Jeffries, uh, on today's show. And, you know, they're going to be here in Detroit along with me. I'll be there as well. Um, April uh, 30th and April um, April 30th and May 1st at the Doubletree Hotel for the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. Okay, so uh, we're going to have them back on uh, the show tonight. All right, so welcome to the After History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is uh, Sunday, April 24, 2022, and we are live. We're also broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and uh, our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Okay, and uh, we're having a little technical difficulty broadcasting uh, on Facebook. I'm trying to see what this is right now. But uh, we had uh, Dr. Linda Jeffries on the show back on April 4th. And he talked about um, he talked about his topic that he's going to discuss at the uh, conference. Uh, he's going to speak on uh, Africans at the crossroads, Pan-Africanism or perish. Africans at the crossroads, Pan-Africanism or, or perish. So we're going to have um, Dr. J on uh, in the second hour. And uh, also in the first hour, in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Professor James Small. Professor Small is going to uh, talk about rebirthing the African consciousness. We had him on April 18th, and um, this is his topic uh, for the conference. But also, um, I want him to talk about uh, the, the pyramid, the, the uh, systems analysis and the pyramid principle and um, African history, culture, and economics, uh, African history and culture, economics, and politics, and how we have to have a synthesis of all of those, okay? African history, culture, and politics. And then we ran out of time uh, when I had uh, Professor Jane Small on April 18th. We did not get a chance to talk about uh, season three of Godfather, Godfather of Harlem. So Godfather of Harlem 
is one of my favorite shows, and I don't watch a lot of scripted TV, um, but uh, Godfather of Harlem is on uh, the Epics uh, channel and uh, on cable, and um, it deals with fictional accounts of uh, the lives of a lot of fictional accounts. Some of it is fictitious. Uh, the lives of Malcolm X, uh, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., who was uh, representative, U.S. House of Representatives uh, for uh, Harlem, and also uh, Bumpy Johnson, Bumpy Johnson. So it's an excellent show, and uh, Professor James Small is the uh, historical consultant uh, on the show. Okay, uh, so we're gonna. I want to talk to him a little bit about that and find out uh, what's going on with season three of uh, Godfather of Harlem. All right. Okay. Now, uh, looks like we're on Facebook and YouTube. We're having some technical difficulties with restream once again. For those joining joining us on Facebook and YouTube, my Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. And my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Welcome to the African History Network show. It is Sunday, April 24th, 2022, and we are live. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you chose the conference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828, to sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828, to sign up for our email newsletter. You can also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, so... Uh, Professor James Small is a scholar, activist, dynamic speaker, organizational consultant. He is also CEO of Sanaa Lodge Enterprise, Ghana Limited, CEO and president, African American Management Company, uh, Ghana Limited, international vice president uh, of the Organization of Afro-American Unity, OAAU, which was Malcolm X's organization he formed after he left the Nation of Islam, and uh, Dr. John Henry Clark helped uh, Malcolm perform that as well. Um, he's a priest of Oya, uh, or Babalorisha, Babalorisha, in the Ifa tradition amongst the Yoruba of Nigeria, and past president of the Eastern Region of the Association for the Study of Classical African Civilization, also known as ASCAC. The, uh, Professor Small has been an activist since his teenage years. His in-depth knowledge, thought-provoking, and calm delivery are influential elements to break the programming of miseducation. So we want to welcome back to uh, the African History Network show one of my teachers, Professor James Small. Okay, brother, how you doing tonight? What's that, brother Michael? Absolutely, absolutely, brother. So it's good to, good to have you back on. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, once again here in Detroit, April 30th and May 1st at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference at the Douglas Hotel. Um, so your topic is 
Um, I had you back. I had you on the show on April 18th. Your topic is uh, rebirthing the African consciousness. Rebirthing the African consciousness. And I know during our conversations, one of the things you talked about was uh, the uh, synthesis and the pyramid analysis dealing with African history, culture, economics, and politics. And you talked about how you will, that's one of the things also that you're going to deal with, how we have to have a synthesis of all three of those. Can you talk about that? We didn't get a lot of time to discuss that uh, when I had you on April 18th, but African history, culture, economics, and politics. Can you talk about that for a minute, please? Yes, sir. That's a synthesis structure that Dr. Leonard Jeffries, mm-hmm. father, and his teaching us. And he talks about the thesis, the antithesis, and the synthesis. And what we talk about economic, politics, and culture. Um, economics being the foundation element of any community, any nation, any civilization. And the economics is referring to the wealth in your environment. Um, the wealth in the environment in Detroit wouldn't necessarily be gold or oil or coltan or cobalt. The wealth in the environment in Detroit would be real estate, wholesale businesses, retail businesses when it comes to goods and services. It would be the wealth in the environment would be um, jobs that are municipal jobs, sanitation, fire department, police department, post office. Um, the wealth in Detroit, for instance, would be, um, you know, being able to give certain services like house painting, plumbing, carpentry, masonry. Those are the areas of wealth, um, uh, cosmetology, barbering, um, um, anything in the laundry services, any of those services that makes up that community. And so when you're talking about economics, you, you have to talk about what's in your environment. What is it that you can make capital from in that environment? And so once you've established what those things are, then you have to figure out what are you, how are you going to manage your economic system, and that's where your politics come in. And so your mm-hmm. politics, if you live in Detroit, your politics means I must control, in order to control the economic politics and culture where I live, my politics must be very locally focused, as well as national, but primarily local, meaning that I must control the city council. I must be the one that's serving as the policeman. I must be the one that's servicing as the fireman. Um, So how do we get this? Then through having control of your city council and your mayoralty, some places these powers you derive from organizing your community and voting, you can determine the rules and regulations that will allow for your people to um, have entry to these jobs, many of which, because of racism, we were barred from throughout much of the 20th century and the 19th century in urban America. And so you must create a politics that involves voter education as well as voter registration. You must create a politics that show us how to organize a political party, and how to take over the local political party where you live. You mm-hmm. must create a politics that lets you know that controlling the school board 
is as important as controlling city council. They're controlling the land, the land management boards, controlling the sanitation department, controlling the water department. In order to have these kinds of powers to ensure safety in your community and to ensure that you have economic possibilities and opportunities, then you have have to master that economic system of Detroit, your local municipality. How do I elect people to city council office? How do I elect people to um, the, 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 the choice to be treasurers or the controller of the city? How do I elect the person to be the mayor? How do I elect, you know, these local people that's going to make those rules and regulations we call laws that's going to govern how we participate in the economic process, right? right. And this is, exactly. this is much of what the conference uh, next weekend is going to be about. Uh, we're talking about happy the Nile River, but we're talking about happy the Nile River as a way to explaining how to develop economic consciousness and then economic practices in the black community. Exactly. Well, look, uh, look, Professor Small, we're coming up on a break. I'm going to let you finish that on the other side of the break, and I want to delve into this a little bit more. This is, see, Professor Small, this is one of the reasons why you and Dr. Jeffries are two of my teachers, because you all actually make sense, okay? This is, we're going to talk about this on the other side of the break. You're not talking about pie-in-the-sky theory. This is real practical application and understanding how politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, scarce wealth power resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. Okay, so we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. Professor Small, stand by. Everybody, listen to uh, the After History Network show. I'm Michael Mhotep. We're speaking with one of the uh, esteemed scholars who will be presenting at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference on Saturday, April 30th through Sunday, May 1st. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. It's taking place at the Double Tree Hotel in Detroit. Uh, we have information where you can register there. I'll be there as well. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Back. 
Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael and Hotep. It is uh, Sunday, uh, April 24, 2022, and we are live. All right. Uh, so we're having a little technical difficulty broadcasting on um, the Facebook and YouTube, so I'm trying to work that out. But remember that uh, we rebroadcast uh, all these shows and my broadcast. We broadcast these on our social media platforms also. And be sure to sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter um, And because uh, we put these uh, – shows in our newsletter, and we're on 10 different audio podcast platforms. So download the iHeartRadio app, and you can search for the African History Network show. Uh, they have about 300 of my podcasts there, but also you can listen to 910 AM Superstation WFDF live through the iHeartRadio app uh, as well. Okay, so if you have problems listening on regular radio, um, AM radio, you can listen through the iHeartRadio app. Okay, so right before the break, uh, we were speaking with one of my teachers, Professor James Small, and he was talking about uh, the pyramid principle and the systems analysis that comes from um, uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, and it deals with understanding how to utilize African history, culture, economics, and politics. So, Professor Small, uh, one of the things I was saying, and, you know, I've known you and Dr. Jay for years, is how practical it is that you're talking about, but unfortunately, um, many of our people don't understand this. For, for instance, some of our people say, uh, we don't need to vote, we just need to do for self. We just need to focus on economic empowerment and do like the Asians and just do for self. We don't need to vote. Can you explain how it's important to leverage our economics to enforce our politics, how all this has to work together? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, you're breaking up. Say that again. Repeat that sentence again. You're breaking up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Got it. Yes. So the very... Asians that talk about those people vote in a higher percentage than we ever vote. They control the politicians in their community. They control. Oh, did they vote in a higher percentage than we vote? Yes. And they okay. uh, and, and what they do, they're able to control who their city council person is. Uh-huh. They're able to control who their precinct captains are. Yes. As long as they police precincts, they're able to have a say in what kind of curricula is in their school and what their children are taught because they control who gets elected to office from their community. Right. They're able to decide who gets appointed to school board positions. They're able to decide who gets appointed to other kinds of social services programming in their community because they control the people who make those decisions. And you right. can't say I'm in the water in the middle of the ocean, but swimming isn't something I need to learn because your ass will drown. Okay? Right. But if you're in the United States of America and you're saying I'm not going to participate in the political process 
and then you're a fool. You're committing suicide. Exactly. There is no other political problem than besides socialism and communism. But we don't live in a socialist communist system right now. We directly ever will. So how do we use the tools that is around us? We must master those tools of politics. We must learn them, and we must use them. We can't sit in a black community where most of the policemen are white or Latinos or Asian. We sit in a black community, and most of the school teachers are white, particularly white women. We sit in a black community where most of the firefighters are white men. You know, we sit in a black community, and most of the sanitation people, even though we may get a little more play there, are black. One of the biggest jobs they'll give us is to guard our children and, and abuse them in the prisons as corrections officers. So we're serious about raising families, and we're serious about controlling communities that we live in. Then we have a responsibility to control the politics of the community we live in because that politics is what what manages and protects your economics and your economic growth and possibility. And then the third part is culture. And culture mm-hmm. is not singing and dancing. Hip-hop is not a culture. Okay? Rap is not a culture. Those are simple musical forms and dance forms of African-American culture from a particular time period in African-American history. But we've allowed our enemy to take an aspect of our cultural expression at a particular time, turn part of it into a very defamation, anti-African thing, and then say, that's our culture. Yeah. Right. The majority of our people never participated in that deprivation of our community and the enemies of our community, our poorest many by youngsters who engage in for money and call it art. You know? So we have to be serious about culture. When it's Culture is everything in a person's life, you know. Culture right. is the things that, that, that you do on a daily basis. So when someone says, I'm talking about African-American culture, then what you're talking about is African-American food. What is our cuisine? African-American language. What is our Creole? Did we create a language? Yes, we did, but most of us don't even know it exists. You know? but, and one of the Nigerian brothers, Ike and Jobin, says that culture is an actual fact consists of all the items in the life of a group of human beings, which make them to feel like they belong to one another and distinct from any other group that's around them. And then he talks about the of language, the religion, the dress, the social system, economic system, political system, the food you eat, your leisure, your medical or, or, or herbal, and your technical knowledge. All of these things make up your culture. Well, so how do we define the distinct African things that we do? in the context of being in a greater American cultural bowl. And we can. But most of us will talk about culture and we'll learn languages from other cultures, but we won't acknowledge that African Americans do have a language system of its own. That's called Ebola. That's called Galagichi. That's spoken all throughout the South, even today. And so we don't cultivate and develop that as our culture. We have musical forms. The, the, the work songs in the early South during our enslavement process, to the, the blues songs, to the jazz songs, to the spiritual in churches, to the rhythm and blues that evolved from that, to the 
ragtime music and the bebop, Betty Bob from that, and, 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 and the high form of jazz that we see in the second level of jazz when we talk about the alcohol thing and the others, and, and we see the new spiritual Betty Bob out of our, our new gospel Betty Bob out of our spiritual. All of these music genders is a part of describing the African-American spirits and social growth and dynamic is that we express it through song and dance. The dancers from the Jitterbug to the Lindy Hop to the Twist to the Swing to the Slop to the Slide, all of those are our cultural dance forms that we failed to maintain because another culture had been controlling our music and our dance. And so we never get a chance to define and interpret the tool that is represented by this culture. But the greatest part of culture is the value system that deals with the socialization process of the next generation. And that's how we get our values, our interests, and our principles. And how we convey them through song and dance and music and theater and drama. And so we've got a lot of work to do to tie our culture to supporting our politics, while our politics manage our economics, while our economics is our efforts to exploit our ecology and the wealth of that ecology for the betterment of our getting control of land, labor, and resources where we live, and our control of economic politics and culture where we live, so that we can guarantee that we are the ones that's in charge of our destiny in any community we live in. Exactly, exactly. And, and this is why, you know, this is in my presentations and lectures, things like this, and my backgrounds in business, uh, major, uh, major in business administration for Wayne State University, and uh, you know, business consulting and things like that. I've been studying history for 30 years. So when I was at Wayne State University and I was studying African history, but I was also in the business school, I saw how all this came to how everything came together. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, I hear. Uh, people thinking that uh, we can just do for self and do economic empowerment and not be involved in politics and not vote. I'm like, do you realize that politics shapes your economy? Politics impacts it's the, the economy. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the management system of your economy. Right. So you can't build an economic base without having a political foundation to go protect it and manage it. Right. Okay, we, uh, hold it right there, Professor Small. Uh, we're going to hold, hold you over the break, and when we come back also, and you finish that, we also want to talk about Godfather Harlem Season 3. Okay, stand by, everybody. Listen to the African History Network show. Michael M. Hotel was speaking with Professor James Small. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. 
Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on that and Superstation, the Future Radio. All right, we're speaking with Professor Jane Small, and be sure to visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, um, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information uh, right on the homepage uh, for the One Africa Power and Unity Conference, where Professor Small will be speaking at. Uh, it's taking place Saturday, April 30th through Sunday, May 1st at the uh, Double Tree Hotel, 525 West Lafayette Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. So uh, if you can attend in person, you can live stream the event as well. We have the information on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and then uh, we'll also uh, post the information uh, here on the thread of the broadcast as well. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, uh, Professor Small, go ahead, go ahead and finish uh, your comment, and then we're going to try to squeeze in a caller, if you don't mind, if you, if you can take a, a call or two. Uh, Yeah, and I said that, and I said at least 
uh, temper that a little bit. That is part of why the reason we're in the crisis, because we made the police the pig, and, and we didn't want to become the pig um, because it was so brutal and anti-black. And um, But it was a big part of the reason. The second part of the reason was is that because we weren't involved in the political part of the economic politics and culture, we didn't say the name change in the game that cost us. See, when we fought to get on the police departments in the 60s, we won the victory. That black people had been denied access, and now we were fighting, and the, all the regulations, okay, black people should be hired, they should be given access, and then the municipality and the city council and federal government, state government, changed the label from black people to minorities, and then began to classify handicapped persons, Asian persons, Latino persons and white women as minorities. And so when they fill or fill the, the opening up of the slots to minority peoples, which should have been to black people, they said we've satisfied the demand. And the demand was given black people access, and you change our name to minority, then put all these other people in the pot, then give minorities access, and you still haven't really increased the black access. And because black folks pulled away from the police department because of his brutality towards the community, we didn't understand the only way to change police brutality is to become the police yourself. Say that again. This is what I'm trying to explain to people. The only way to change police brutality is to become the police yourself. So that man you see on the corner is the little boy you have to raise. That woman you see in the squad car is the young lady that you used to tutor. That's your cousin's son, your friend's daughter, your brother's son, your uncle's people. That's why the other people, what, what has happened is not policing in this country, policing units in this country, police precincts in this country have become family business for the white community, and now it's becoming family business for the Latin community and the Asian community, where you see the uncle there, the brother there, the father there, the son there, the daughter there, they're all working under the same precinct. Policing has right. become a white and, 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 a, and, a, and, a, and a new arrival family business, and black folks is, is, is seen and handled in the same way as they were by the Ku Klux Klan and the white supremacists and the others by these new arrivals because they come to be a part of what they think is the winning team and not the losing team. And if we're going to be on the winning team, we have to become the policemen in our community, and there have to be a protest against the rejection of young black people becoming policemen. But I suggest and go one step further, Michael, and people have yeah. been kind of giving me a pushback on it. Every young black child that don't go to college and don't have a job, training, and skill, ought to join the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. You learn how to use a weapon, and you won't be using it foolishly like you're doing. Two, you learn about discipline and responsibility that's not taught in these schools. And mm-hmm. work 10, 15 hours of your awake time and can't teach it to yourself. And two, you come three, you come back home, you get at the head of the line to be the policeman, the fireman, and the sanitation and the postal worker. That's how these other ethnic groups are making it in, in front of you. Exactly. Exactly. That's understanding strategy because so many of our people, man, is so, 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 so I may get some pushback on this. I really don't care. Ain't like this first time in 12 years I got pushback. But I'm so, give you an alternative methodology to arrive at the same goal. And if they can't, they need to shut up. 
Tell anybody who give you pushback, tell them to give you an alternative methodology to arrive at the same goal where they need to exactly. shut up. Exactly. Because so many of our people, man, either either they say, okay, we want to separate. We should separate. We should separate. Now they hear people say that. We already separated, and we ain't doing a damn thing with our separate location. We are as separate today as we have been before the civil rights movement. We have separation. There ain't no white folks in our community except they, they don't live in our community. They run our community. So you're separate, and you can't run the little city block you live on. You're separate, and you can't run your schools. You're separate, and you can't run your police precinct. How much more separate do you have to be to step in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific Ocean? Exactly. See, so, so, so a lot of a lot of this stuff is tied to fantasy. It's tied to it. It, it, it just no, no. It's not fantasy. It's tied to ignorance of history. Call it what it is. Right. It's a okay. tie, yeah, exactly. tie to ignorance of history. Exactly. Yeah. Ignorance of history. Okay. So um, very quickly here, Godfather of Harlem. Season three. Mm-hmm. I know that's one of my favorite shows. I DVR it. I know you're the historical consultant on the show. I read it's coming back for season three. Uh, right. Anything you can tell us about it? Yeah, we're going to start filming in early June. Um, the writing is going on, of course, now. That happens in advance. And the scrutinizing yeah. of the script and stuff like that. So we're working now through that process the last couple of months. Um, There'll be some new dynamics. We're going to see Malcolm go overseas. We're going to see him go to Mecca. We're going to see him go to Africa. Um, we're going to see how the um, U.S. State Department and the CIA pushes up on him overseas and how the, the FBI push up on him on this side. And at the end of the day, I don't know whether he'll leave in season three or, or four, but we definitely want to tell the world the role of the FBI and the CIA and other police department elements in his assassination. Um, I'm not right. vindicating nobody out there to vindicate themselves with the truth, but we're going to bring the rest of the truth to the table and let the people make a decision on their own. Um, exactly. The other people exactly. are going to look at, we're going to look at um, the, the, as the Latino gangster community, uh, organized crime community began to encroach upon Harlem, and you're going to see us fighting back against the Cubans who was backed by the CIA and taking over the numbers rackets in the black community from Detroit to Harlem in order to make money for the, for the, the Cuban exiles who was fighting against Fidel Castro because they couldn't get enough money from the government to do it. So we're going to tie all that together so people can kind of see a piece of history that they never really knew existed. And yet we're going to show uh, Bumpy Johnson, despite being a gangster and what the society would call a criminal, he was also advocating that black people should run and control the black community economically and politically where they live. And we're even going to bring in some um, African traditional religious elements. I can't say much about that now into the process as the Cubans and the Latinos and the Santeros and the Africans from the South come together. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And some fun. And at least we see in this movie, we made sure it's clear that the African-American community fights back. We don't just sit back and be killed. Um, We don't just sit back and have our community taken. The movie is about the fight to restore black control over Harlem. That's what the movie is. And the subtitle is when the Harlem Underground I mean, the Harlem or 
organized crime meets the civil rights movement. And that's okay. the way that I'm going to not play if you have a tryout. Bumpy Johnson. Repeat. Repeat that again. Repeat. Malcolm. I'm sorry. Repeat that again. When the Harlem Criminal Underground meets the civil rights movement, that's the subtitle. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I love this show. Godfather of Harlem, man, it's fantastic on ethics. Okay, uh, I want to try to squeeze in the call right quick. Can you take a call uh, for a quick minute, uh, Professor Small? Uh, okay, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to hold you over the break for a few minutes. We're coming up on a break, and I don't want to cut the call off. Uh, and then uh, I know you got to rush, so uh, we'll hold you over the break and, and squeeze this call in. So Odell, hold the line. Uh, Professor Small, let people know how they can get in contact with you. Uh, sign up for your classes, get your lectures, things like that. Yeah, Professor Small, go to ProfessorSmallAfricanWorld.com or to my Facebook page, uh, James Small on Facebook, okay. ProfessorSmallAfricanWorld.com. ProfessorSmallAfricanWorld.com and James Small on Facebook. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing, and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition, and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, Recent and much, much more. Unfortunately, uh, many people can use what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It's laws and policy that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policy that take us out. So we control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts. We control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do what teach what it doesn't know. We have it on a 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. All right, we're speaking with uh, one of my teachers, 
historian Professor James Small, who's dropping the knowledge on us and making a whole lot of sense. This is why Professor Small and Dr. Leonard Jeffries are two of my teachers. Um, so, uh, Professor Small, okay, I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, okay, so I think we have, do we have, uh, is it Odell, line one? Yes, Odell. Okay, hey, Odell, welcome to the After History Network show. Tell us where you're calling from. Thanks for holding. Oh, I'm uh, in Detroit, West Side. Okay, go ahead with your uh, question. And, question for Professor James Small. Well, I actually, uh, the information that he's sharing, mm -hmm. I tried to express these things many times to folks, and everybody give me feedback about <laughs> it's not going to make a difference. And the struggle is to get the majority of us on the same page. What is some specific ways that I make and try doing that? Okay. And mm -hmm. also with the network, mm -hmm. you, you never share a phone number. Yeah, call All you share is websites. Yeah, call it. Call it. Well, I share the phone number. I share the phone number also throughout the show. I'm on six days a week. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number. Yeah, I share the phone number also. Yeah, that's the that's the call-in number. Mm-hmm. Oh, outside of the radio show, there's no way to get in touch with the network. Oh, you're talking about the African History Network? Yeah. Oh, 313-462-0003. 313-462-0003. But I want Professor Small to go ahead and ask you a question, Odell. Okay, thanks for calling. Go ahead, Professor okay. Small. You have Professor Small there? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Did you hear the caller? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. The big thing is that you cannot give up. This, this, giving up is not an option. Mm -hmm. Giving up is not an option in a fight for freedom. Um, the masses, we need to stop thinking about the masses. Transform okay. yourself. Right. Then transform your children. Transform your family and work to help your friends transform themselves and bond with them and unite with them and begin to organize and put our little money together and open businesses. Mm -hmm. you know, if we don't start uniting around things, economic, political, and culture, and repeat those three things all the time, they're tied together. Right. Economic, political, political and, and culture. culture. Right. You're not going to get no big pile of wealth, and you can function <laughs> without controlling the politics. If you don't control the city council rep from your space, Mm -hmm. Not just elect anybody. Elect somebody that you've chosen. And if they don't serve you after two years or four years, vote their ass out of the office and put somebody else in. Right. Run better candidates. You know when you get elected from the black community, you don't have a job for life. Right now, we elect people and give them jobs for life, no matter what service they return to us. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop that. And the reason we do that is because we're not organized. Yes. Organize yourself in brotherhoods. If mm -hmm. you can organize to have cookouts, and you can organize to have tailgates, and you can organize to go to baseball games, watch football, you can organize to watch the politics in your community, and you can organize to watch the economics in your community. Right, exactly. And you can organize to make sure if I go to church or I go to the mosque or I go to this, then I'm going to tell the people there, we're going to use these buildings to put after-school programs in here. So we can tutor our children in the science and the math that's necessary to bring them at the head of their classes, to 
so that they can make it into colleges and make it into the technical world. We have to decide what is a community. And a community is an extended family, and then we have to operate like an extended family. Right, exactly. And never give up. Exactly. Never get tired. Now, and, and, and one thing I encourage everybody to do, you want to attend the One Africa Powering Unity Conference because Professor James Small will be there. You can attend his workshop and other scholars like Professor Small will be there as well. And you can uh, vibe with them, talk to them. If you cannot attend in person, you can live stream this conference from around the world. We have the information on the homepage of our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. It's the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. On Wednesday, we're going to have another one of my teachers, Professor Kaba Hiawatha Kamene, on the show. And he's going to be doing a presentation at the conference as well. Uh, right below the flyer, we have, it says, register here. Click there. You can register for either in-person or uh, live. All right, I want to squeeze in this other uh, call, Professor Small. I know you got to run. This is, uh, do we have John on the line? Yeah. Is this John? Yes. All right, yes, John, John. Okay, go ahead, John. Thanks for thanks for holding. John's one of our longtime listeners. Go ahead, John. Absolutely. I, I just want to thank you for giving out the, the, the African American network uh, telephone number. I never heard you call it before. That's what I want to thank you for. Okay. And uh, I, I I want to get this I want to get the tape. You said you can get the tape to go for. But it, 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 it's one thing bothering the American people, black people. I, I said, some to us couldn't attend. Why were Russia during the European regions invasion of the country? Why, why did Russia come in there? So how did Russia what, what, get in there? What, what, what was, was Russia, there? John, what was Russia during the European invasion of which country? What are you talking about? Uh, 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 other countries, other countries, all over the world, just about. Okay, when other European countries were being invaded, where was Russia? No. Okay. All right. We'll try to we'll try to get that answer. Okay. I know during World War II was the Soviet Union, and January twenty seventh, nineteen forty five, we know the the uh, the Soviet troops liberated the prisoners of uh, Auschwitz, Auschwitz concentration camp right. in Poland. Thank you. Thank you. But that was before it was Russia. That was the Soviet Union. But go ahead, Professor Small. If you want to try yeah, to I'm not interested in what Russia is doing, and I'm in any disrespected about it. I would like to, I would rather have what are we doing in Black America during these other wars, and what are we doing in Africa? Mm-hmm. And what we were doing was fighting to liberate Africa from colonialism. Yes. And we were fighting to get ourselves out of slavery and Jim Crow in America. Mm-hmm. And we need to study LeVon Bennett's shaping of Black America. Mm-hmm. We need to study before the Mayflower of yes. LeVon Bennett. Yes. We need to study. Um, plural but equal by how Cruz describing the civil rights movement to see what we were doing and how we can do what we were doing better. Yes. We have a great victory against the American atrocity against black people during the First World War and the Second World War and the Korean War and the Vietnam War. But while he was having all those wars and he was in the news, we were fighting for our freedom in America and we won many, many battles. Right. Um, and we lost a lot of those battles because we didn't study how we won them. We acted like somebody gave it to them. People died to get those <laughs> Exactly. Um, All right. So we need to kind of, let's study ourselves. Study our history. Study what's going on over there in, in Eastern Europe or in Russia. All right. They're playing the music. So, we're at, uh, so Professor Small, look, I look forward to seeing you here in Detroit. Thanks for coming on tonight, brother. And we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Peace hope to- blessing.
Okay, peace and blessings. Okay, all right, everybody, listen to the African History Network show on Michael Motep. When we in our second hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Leonard Jeffries, who's going to talk about Pan Africanism or Parish Africans at the Crossroad. He'll be speaking at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. Also, we'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. The views and opinions of any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation and Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. We are in our second hour. It is Sunday, April 24th, 2022, and we are live hope everybody's doing well. The call-in number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment, all right? Uh, I want to go to this next story. We're going to bring on uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries here in, in a few minutes. We're going to bring him on after um, after the break, but I want to uh, start this story right here. Now, this is dealing with... Um, uh, this is dealing with what happened in in Florida, and I just sent you uh, the corrected clip. I just sent you the clip for clip two again, uh, uh, Jalen. So check your email. Okay, I want to go to clip one here in just a minute. So uh, we talked about this when I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, on Friday. Okay, the uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, crazy Governor Ron DeSantis. Trump's mini-me, who is suspected, uh, wants to uh, run for president. 
he signed uh he signed on to um uh remapping the congressional districts in a way that is going to eliminate two uh African American districts, uh, District Five and District Ten, in uh, in in Florida. Okay, and those districts are currently uh, the current representatives, members of the U.S. House of Representatives, are African Americans. Uh, there's an article here from uh, CNN: Civil rights groups file lawsuit over Florida congressional. Civil rights groups file lawsuit over Florida congressional map uh, signed by Ron DeSantis. Okay. And if we look at this article here, um, and I'm trying to, I want to increase the size of this and get rid of these ads. If we look at this article here, a coalition of civil rights groups uh, has filed the first lawsuit in Florida against the recently enacted congressional uh, map put forward by GOP Governor Ron DeSantis that eliminates two districts represented by black Democrats while giving Republicans the advantage in as many as 20 of 28 states and as many of uh, in, in as many as 20 of 28 states. Now, Ron DeSantis signed this, uh, he signed this in the law on uh, Friday, Friday, April 22nd. The GOP-controlled Florida state legislature approved the map in a special session this week along uh, along party lines. Uh, Governor DeSantis said he signed the map into law on Friday. Now, there have been lawsuits filed by uh, civil rights groups, Black Voters Matter, things like this, voting rights groups. The suit, the lawsuit filed in state court in Leon County alleges that the map is a Republican gerrymander and violates the Fair District's amendment of the Florida state constitution by diminishing the power of black voters, by diminishing the power of black voters, okay? So this, this is the Fair District's, uh, the Fair District's amendment that's a law in the Florida state constitution. The plaintiffs are asking the court to rule that the map or individuals, that the map or individual districts uh, violate the fair districts amendment to the Florida state constitution and to order the adoption of a new congressional map. The challenge was filed by several Florida voters as well as, uh, as, well as the League of Women Voters Florida, Black Voters Matter, Florida, Rise, Florida Rising and Equal Ground Florida. The legal action comes roughly 24 hours after state Republicans voted to adopt the new boundaries, which in an unprecedented move were submitted by Governor Ron DeSantis' office last week after he vetoed previous maps approved by the state legislature. Okay, now these two maps well, uh, the, it targets the 5th Congressional District and the 10th Congressional District. The 5th Congressional District is uh, currently held by uh, Representative Al Lawson, African-American member of the Congressional Black Caucus. The 10th Congressional District is held by uh, Representative Val Demings, African-American female. All right, now, 
Instead, so the map dismantles the state's fifth congressional district, currently represented by uh, Al Lawson, which connects black communities from Tallahassee to Jacksonville. Instead, Jacksonville, which is the, which is the city in Florida with the largest African-American population, is, will be divided into two Republican-leaning districts. They're dismantling these African-American districts to, to gerrymander them in a way where it's going to be hard for an African-American to get elected. The map also shifts the 10th congressional district and Orlando area seat represented by Representative Val Demings, who is running for U.S. Senator of Florida, uh, and it shifts the district east toward winter, uh, toward wider communities. It, it shifts it uh, east uh, uh, toward wider communities. Now, um, several black members of the Florida House staged a protest during debate on Thursday, uh, last week, Thursday, April 21st, forcing an informal recess before Republican members then continued the process by ending debate and holding the vote during the protest, okay? Republicans currently hold a 16 to 11 advantage in Florida's U.S. House delegation. The state added a 28th district following uh, the 2020 U.S. Census, all right? Now, I want to go to this clip here. This is number one, uh, Jalen. This is from um, ABC. This is from April 19th, 2022, uh, right before the uh, they actually took the vote and before DeSantis signed the bill. Let's go to this clip, please. Controversy over voting in Florida. Lawmakers are back at the state capitol today holding a special session to approve a new congressional map for the Sunshine State. Florida gained a congressional seat after the latest census thanks to a population boom. But Republican Governor Ron DeSantis vetoed the latest GOP-backed map that preserved key minority districts to the dismay of Democrats and voting rights groups. The map DeSantis submitted would likely create more Republican seats and reduce black representation. Joining me now to discuss, ABC News political director Rick Klein. Rick, good to see you. The governor's proposal eliminates a black majority district in northern Florida that the governor viewed as, quote, racially gerrymandered and splits up black voters around the Orlando area. How big a deal is this? Yeah, Kenneth, this is pretty dramatic because Florida, first of all, is gaining a congressional seat uh, because of population growth there. But on balance, if you look at the maps, what happens under this proposal, they're actually going to lose three highly competitive seats, and the Republicans are likely to gain as many as four solidly red Republican seats in, in this process. Our partners at 538 have looked at this and see it as one of the most aggressive gerrymanders of the year. And it was the Republican legislature that came back with a, a much more muted version of this that preserved that majority minority district up in northern Florida, as well as the one in the, in the Orlando area that you referenced. DeSantis vetoed that map, an extraordinary move, and congressional leaders there, or sorry, legislative leaders on the Republican side, said they would essentially outsource the rest of the job to DeSantis. They'd let him propose their map, uh, and it's as close to a rubber stamp as you're going to get when it gets taken up uh, in the legislature starting today. But, Rick, this is a once-in-a-decade once process here. Why are Republican leaders ceding their usual authority to pass the governor's map? 
it, it really is a, a, a striking thing. Usually if, it, if a state is gaining a seat, it doesn't have a reason to, to truly change the way that things are, 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 are registered in terms of party lines. But we've seen Democrats across the country get more aggressive with their gerrymanders, including uh, in New York, where, uh, where right now the courts are considering whether the Democrats went too far. Republicans nationally felt like they wanted to strike back. And they felt like they've got more leeway than ever uh, with, the, with what the courts are allowing them to do. And that's why Governor DeSantis, who is widely thought to be considering a presidential run, he's also up for re-election this year, uh, decided to make a major case out of this and say, I don't like the fact that you've got these majority uh, minority districts. I don't like that there are gerrymanders that Democrats have there as a legacy. So I'm going to essentially uh, do a gerrymander of my own. And as you can see in those side-by-side maps, you see some of those blue spots fade away uh, into gray, and some of the gray turn to red. That means that those previously very competitive seats are going to become safely Republican, and Democrats are going to fight just to have the kind of representation that they've had. Uh, it means almost certainly you're going to lose one or even two Black House Democratic members of Congress. And as soon as you mention those political ambitions by Governor DeSantis. I was ready to jump on that one because he's been in the headlines, as you know, Rick, recently passing a controversial 15-week abortion ban, the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill. He's been outspoken on teaching critical race theory and the participation of trans girls in school sports. So how is this latest issue different from the culture wars DeSantis has been engaging in? Well, first of all, this one lasts for a whole decade. And if these uh, if these districts go into place and they aren't overturned by the courts, then whoever wins the governor's race this year and whatever happens in Florida politics, these are the seats that you're going to be stuck with as a Floridian, uh, as a voter, for the next 10 years. Uh, this is not about just responding to the whims of a particular moment. Uh, and look, he has no doubt put a lot of points on the board when it comes to conservative governance. Uh, but what's striking about this example is that he's going further than legislative leaders in his own state wanted to go or comfortable with going. Uh, the issue is going to be litigated, certainly. But for DeSantis uh, to continue to, to, to rack up these big conservative victories, he's also teeing up new gun legislation this week. He's also taking aim at uh, ABC's parent company, Disney, in, in, in terms of its tax status. Uh, is part of a payback uh, of sorts for the for the way that other bills have been handled in Florida. All of it adds up to a, a governor that's doing everything he can to burnish his resume. And with a lot of those issues, we've seen legal challenges. So people are asking, will there be legal challenges this time? No doubt. And this always happens when it comes to redistricting. Uh, but the one big difference between this system or the, the, the legal system in place this time versus 10 years ago is that the Supreme Court has taken away a lot of the teeth that the federal government had in the past around the Voting Rights Act, the ability to challenge the way that minority representation is reflected in the map, much less than it used to be. So this is going to work its way through the courts, no doubt. Uh, it also may be, though, that time runs out on, on any challenge, because we're now already into voting season in much of the country. Florida doesn't have its primaries until later in the summer, but you start to get filing deadlines, and as you get closer, courts are less and less likely to intervene. All right, Rick Klein, always breaking it down for us. We appreciate it, Rick. Good to see you. Okay, pause it right there. We're going to go to clip two, Jalen. Um, okay, see, this is why politics is so important. And the census is tied to the congressional maps and the, uh, and the reshaping of congressional maps that takes place every 10 years, the U.S. census and the apportionment. Uh, from the U.S. Census, which is also tied to the Electoral College as well. I want to go to uh, clip two. Now, this is from WKMG News 6 out of Orlando, Florida. This is from April 22nd, 2022, Friday. Black lawmakers accused Governor Ron DeSantis of, quote, unquote, thug behavior as voting rights groups sue over redistricting. Let's go to this clip. 
Developing tonight, a flurry of new laws that will have a major impact on Central Florida and the state as a whole. They have now been signed by the governor. Surrounded by supporters in South Florida, Governor DeSantis signs multiple bills, including one that restricts the way race-related issues can be taught in schools and in the workplace. The other would end Disney's control of Reedy Creek and other special districts across the state. But we start with Florida's new congressional map, which the governor says he also signed today. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Matt Osh. And I'm Lisa Bell. Opponents have vowed to take their fight to court after state lawmakers approved the redistricting map during a special session this week. It was redrawn by Governor DeSantis after he vetoed the original proposal from state legislators. The governor's map would increase Florida's GOP representation in Congress and dismantle two districts that are now held by black members of Congress. DeSantis and other GOP lawmakers claim the map is neutral on race and party affiliation. Democratic House members think differently, taking control of the House floor yesterday to delay the vote, calling the new boundaries racist. Okay, we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. Also, we're going to be joined by Dr. Leonard Jeffries when we come back as well. Uh, uh, Be sure to visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for a new online class that just started up Saturday, April 23rd. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school, okay? We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We'll give you more information about that when we come back. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, They solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing, costs which can be thousands of dollars they close on a date of the seller's choosing and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing they take the property in an as-is condition and the seller is not required to make any repairs give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share.
Southern African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. Uh, we're going to go back to that clip in just a second, then we'll bring on uh, Dr. Linda Jeffries. I want to remind you that uh, we have a new uh, section of my 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays. It just started up Saturday, April 23rd, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay, so we deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what leads up to the Transatlantic Slave Trade taking place. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. Um, as soon as you register, you can watch class number one. Uh, that, that we just had this weekend. We had a fantastic class. Uh, and even after the 10-week online course is over with, you still have access to the full course. You can go back and watch it anytime. You can watch from around the world as well. So a year from now, you can go back and watch the entire class. The dollar is regularly $130. Uh, we also, on Sundays, I have a new class that I'm teaching, a new section of From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. 1865 to 1968. So that class starts up Sunday, May 8th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, as the second class picks up basically where the first class leaves off. Um, so that's when that's on sale, $80, regularly $130. And we have a bundle pack where you get all three courses uh, on sale for uh, $120. It's a $260 value. If you've taken any of my online classes in the past, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. You get a 50% discount. Okay, uh, I want to go back to this clip uh, quickly. I think we have about a minute or so left in this clip. This is from um, April 22nd, Friday, April 22nd, 2022. Black lawmakers accuse Governor Ron DeSantis of thug behavior as voting rights groups sue over him signing signing off on the uh, new congressional maps, this gerrymandering eliminates District 5 and District 10, which are held by uh, two African-American uh, representatives of the U.S. House of Representatives, okay, uh, two Democrats. Let's go back to this clip, Jalen. House floor yesterday to delay the vote, calling the new boundaries racist. The bill ultimately passed, but they're vowing to fight it tooth and nail. News 6's Amanda Castro is here with more on the lawsuit that was just filed. Governor Ron DeSantis signed his congressional map into law, and it's already facing legal challenges. Several voting rights groups announcing a lawsuit on Friday, saying the map approved by the House and Senate during this week's special session doesn't comply with state redistricting laws. What you have seen from the governor has been thug-like behavior. He is clearly violating the law. State Senator Randolph Bracey, surrounded by fellow members of the Legislative Black Caucus, denouncing the map, calling it unconstitutional, saying the map changes two majority black districts, District 5 in North Florida and District 10 in Central Florida. State Representative Camille Brown says the map reduces black representation from four congressional seats to 
too. What we're doing by diminishing it is really silencing the folks. The state representative Randy Fine disagrees, saying the maps are constitutionally compliant and this isn't a matter of reducing minority representation. They believe you should get the percentage of seats of people who look like you or act like you or, or vote like you. That's not our system in this country. We have single districts and people in those districts vote. Tracy adds this important issue was overshadowed by the bill the governor also signed into law on Friday that dissolves Disney's Reedy Creek Improvement District. I believe that the Reedy Creek bill and dealing with Disney was designed, the timing was designed that way to overshadow what he was doing with the match. I think that was clear. As of now, no hearings have been set in that lawsuit against the governor's map. But the big question is, how long will this take to play out in the courts? Qualifying for Congress starts in June, and lawmakers on both sides of the aisle say, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Reporting in Orlando, I'm Amanda Castro, getting results, News 6. Okay, so that's from uh, News 6 out of uh, Orlando, Florida, WKMG. Uh, black lawmakers accuse DeSantis of thug behavior as voting rights groups sue over redistricting. Uh, and then also read this piece here from uh, CNN, uh, civil rights groups. What is it? Civil rights groups um, file lawsuit over Florida congressional map signed by DeSantis. That's from uh, CNN.com, April 22nd, 2022 also. All right, so uh, on the line, we're joined by uh, one of my teachers, Professor uh, Dr. Linda Jeffries, uh, former chair of the uh, Black Studies Department at City College in New York. He's going to be uh, one of the presenters at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference taking place uh, here in Detroit, April 30th, Saturday, April 30th, and uh, Sunday, May 1st. So we want to welcome back to the African History Network show, Dr. Linda Jeffries. Hotel, brother, how you doing today? Uh, uh, Brother Michael, certainly uh, glad to be a part of anything that you are involved in. Oh, As elders are glad to see the youngsters <laughs> making their way. Right. Make so, uh, it, uh, the way it should be used. Right, exactly, exactly. So kudos for doing a job well. Oh, thank you, brother. And maintaining your health and your sanity. <laughs> and uh, keeping your uh, support teams together. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll be fifty-one in in June, but he still calls me a youngster. So, <laughs> hey, once you hit eighty-five, like I have, right, and you're still alive, and you ain't about no jive, then hey, you have to appreciate this youngsters. These youngsters coming up. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, look, we had you on the show uh, April 4th, and I wanted to bring you back on because uh, the um, conference is just a few days away. And uh, you're going to, your presentation is going to be on Pan Africanism or Parish, Africans at the Crossroads, Pan Africanism or Parish. So that's a fantastic, interesting title. We just had Professor Jane Small on. Uh, who you actually introduced me to. That's how I got, how, that's how I met Professor Small, because you introduced me to him some years ago. But uh, I yeah. want you to explain what the, uh, give us a synopsis of your presentation. But first, explain to us what is Pan Africanism? Because a lot of people, you know, don't, they hear the term, but don't really know what it means. 
And that's the important thing that we should uh, not walk away from these concepts or these historical uh, moments, but explain them. Yes. And uh, one of the great things that we've been able to do is not only to explain it, but to be a part of it, mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of these great moments and meet with these great individuals. In other words, people talk about Dr. Shekhan's uh, job, but uh, I had a chance to meet him many times and be with him right. at these occasions. And uh, same thing would be with Emperor Haile Selassie. You mean to tell me you met the emperor yes. <laughs> several times, yep. including my also. And so what we're saying is that there's a foundation to this level of the uh, struggle that we have, the nation-building struggle, an attempt to pull our various uh, resources together to create a world community. And uh, well, I'm looking right in front of me with these great works by these brothers, mm-hmm. uh, John Jackson, uh, dealing with African civilization, introduction to African civilization. Right. He was the the uh, teacher of Dr. John Henry Clark. Mm-hmm. John G. Jackson. And, uh, yep. Yeah, John Jackson, who uh, was part of the African History Club that Don, John uh, Clark was a part of. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I have in front of me the introduction to African Civilization by John G. Jackson. And uh, he still was teaching in his late 80s. We brought him on the staff at City College in New York. He taught there for three years. And then uh, our family out in Chicago around uh, Dr. Jacob Carruthers, Advised him to come out there, so he had another three years. So at ninety-three, he was still teaching. Wow! So you have talk about a long distance a runner, and so he's the same as the book I have next to his, which is the World in Africa, an inquiry into the part in which Africans have played in world history by Dr. W. E. B. Du Bois, mm-hmm. and this is a large edition, including essays on personalities and the future of African nations. So there's a whole uh, uh, enormous body of knowledge that we need to just tap into and grow. And of course, with the uh, elders as our foundation, then here comes the the, the gang to join them. And I'm looking at a beautiful uh, book produced by Egypt Revisited. Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. Right. And Van Sertima was from South America, from the Guyanas. Guyana. And uh, mm-hmm. he not only produced this enormous work on uh, Egypt Revisited, right. but he produced a journal of African civilization. Okay, hold it right there, uh, uh, Dr. Linda Jeffries. We're coming up on a break. We're going to continue on the other side of the break with Journal of African Civilization and uh, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. Okay, everybody, uh, Dr. Jeffries is going to be at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference coming up uh, April 30th through May 1st at the Double Tree Hotel in downtown Detroit. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com or HapiFilm.com, H-A-P-I. 
ipfilm.com, but africanhistorynetwork.com. You can register for it. If you can't attend in person, you can register for the live streaming. You can live stream the entire conference. We'll be back in a few minutes. 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, WFDF on Michael M. Hotel. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. All right, we're speaking with uh, one of my teachers, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. And um, Dr. J, right before the uh, break, you were talking about Dr. Ivan Van Sertema and uh, African civilizations. Go ahead and, and finish your comment. Yes, your brother. Uh, was one of our great achievers. In other words, um, he didn't have all the backing that others had, like Dr. Clark was our foundation, and of course you had Dr. Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was able to find his way through his South American connection. He was from Guyana. Mm-hmm. And so most of us don't realize that uh, the three South American nations, French Guyana, uh, British Guyana, and the Dutch, uh, produced an outstanding uh, leadership that is a part of what happened in the other Caribbean, uh, parts of the Caribbean with the great island nations, and also with the African-American. Right. So Pan-Africanism is the grouping of all of these brothers and sisters who became a serious power force with the Garvey movement after World War one and uh, one of our, one of the most important Garvey scholars is Dr. Tony Martin yes. uh, from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And I have a book in my hand, The Pan-African Connection, From Slavery to Garvey and Beyond. Right. So I'm trying to give our people a sweep of the history, not just an individual or not just an event or not just a, a great process that took place such as a war. We need to see this movement of the global African world uh, in this level of consciousness that has brought us to this day, where you have all these African nations that come in in the front door of our house. Uh, There are two, uh, the Pan-African Conference that occurred after the Garvey movement uh, in in 1945, and uh, that Pan-African Conference was a, an outstanding historical moment because 250 African peoples got together from all places around our world right. to decide what moves they had to make together. Now, in my living room, when you come in, there is a photo of the 1963 Pan-African uh a union that was put together, and that uh, has had at least a 50-year growth and development. So we have to see the sweep of history as a part of our history, not run away from it, but begin to grasp it. I'll try to explain whenever I get a chance to meet uh, with our brothers and sisters. And then you have Padmore, who was a giant, as a part of the picture. Yes. And uh, he was able to help organize the Pan African Conference in 1945. And that brought together the 200 
50 of our leaders, the leading person uh, that was placed as the head of it was W.E.B. W. Du Bois, mm-hmm. giving respect for the years of his work. Marcus Garvey's wife, the first wife, was one of the secretaries, giving Garvey a place. And uh, with W.E.B. Du Bois as the head and the Garvey... I was just going to talk about you, my wife. Yeah, tell her uh, I said hi. <laughs> because, because I have her book in Black Women in Antiquity. Black Women in Antiquity. Give us the name of that book one more time. Pan-Africanism or Communism. Okay. And it was written by a brother who was the leading world communist. They accused all the African leaders of being communists. I mean, W.E.B. Du Bois was considered, Paul Robeson was considered communist. Even, and and uh, uh, the brothers from Trinidad Tobago, C.L.R. James and, and whatnot. Because right. they were looking at the class struggle and certainly slavery gives you a, uh, a real eye on the class uh, process, certain rich folks taking over and establishing their control over the flow of money, of wealth, and uh, Africans were saying, no, that game is over. We're going to put ourselves into play as major players and not just people who are being devastated. And so the Pan-African movement in Kula, uh was the Leader representing the Africans, Padmore was a leader representing the folks from South America, and and, uh, what is Ross McConnell, who was also from Guyana, Du Bois, uh, even though he had an unfortunate conflict with Garvey, Mm -hmm. uh, Garvey and Du Bois come together for that Pan African Congress, meeting with Garvey's uh, wife, having a special play. And the young man of the process was Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, who got his African consciousness not from the continent of Africa, but when he came to America, Dr. Nkrumah was able to go to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And there he was able to connect with other great African minds, Azikawe, who was the leader of the struggle for independence and one of the first leaders of Nigeria. Nigeria, yep. And so Nambia Yep. Yes, so I'm saying when you see the flow of these brothers and their relationship and what they've done, it is the most magnificent thing that I can 
I can imagine. So I'm so glad to be a part of it. Yes. Uh, to be able yeah, to spread it and express it. Uh, let me, let me. And you have to include some honorary white people in it too. But Dr. Okay. Jeffrey, you can't be bringing in white folks. Yeah, we bring them in. Um, we don't let them dominate. Right. But I have in my hand a, a, a volume one mm-hmm. of Black Athena, yeah. the Afrocentric root mm-hmm. of classical civilization. Mm-hmm. And the first volume is the falsification of ancient Greece, mm-hmm. uh, seventeen eighty-five to nineteen. 85. In other words, here's a, a white scholar who says, wait a minute, this business that we have worshiping the Greeks as the head of this and the head of that, that's all falsification. Yeah, that's Martin so that He was a professor mm-hmm. of government studies at Cornell University yeah. and formerly a uh, fellow at King's College in Cambridge. Uh, he also worked with us. He worked with uh, uh, Dr. James Turner, who set up the Cornell Africana Studies Program, gave Dr. Ben a chance to be at one school for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, James Turner was one of those activists in my generation that set up an outstanding Black Studies Program, an institute of research. The library is named after Dr. Clark and has thousands of volumes. So right. there's a a role that we have played and made a contribution and our generations coming up under us need to appreciate it. And that's why Hafiz, very important success is that you have the young brother, Hafiz himself. Yeah, Hafiz Grant. Hafiz concept was put together uh, by our young uh, Brother generation. Yep. Hey, let's, do, let's do this, uh, uh, Dr. J. We're coming up on a break uh, very quickly here. Uh, yeah. On the other side of break, I want you to comment on this. What is Pan-Africanism? In uh, the book Pan-Africanism for Beginners by Sid LaMail, he defines, pages 11 through 13, he defines Pan-Africanism is an ideology that African people around the world and throughout the diaspora should be united. It deals with social, cultural, political, economic, material and spiritual aspects. It doesn't. uh, Okay. So uh, Pan-Africanism teaches that the fate of African people worldwide is intertwined and we share not only a common history, but a common destiny. I want you to uh, comment on that on the other side of the break. And we have a Carla also mother Z as well has a comment also. So stand by Dr. J. All right. uh, Everybody. you listen to the African History Network show. We're speaking with Dr. Leonard Jeffries, who will be one of the presenters at the One Africa Power and Unity Conference here in Detroit, April 30th through May 1st at the Double Tree Hotel. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information there. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. All right. Stand by, everybody. Stand by. Okay. Uh, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App and through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. So let's keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills. Uh, and uh, if you miss class number one of uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We have class number one, uh, Saturday, April 23rd. As soon as you register, 
you can start uh, watching. You can watch class number one. We also have some uh, other bonus content there as well. It's a 10-week online class that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history. And uh, we deal with history chronologically and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. I'll post the link here again. Back from break in three minutes. Register there. We also have it at our website as well. Back from breaking two minutes. African History Network show we do with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. We have it on a 9:10 a.m. Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on that 10 a.m. Superstation, the future radio. Okay, speaking with Dr. Leonard Jeffries and uh, Dr. J, uh, right before the break, I was going over this brief uh, synopsis of what uh, Pan-Africanism is, defining it. Uh, it's from Pan-Africanism for Beginners by Sid LaMail, pages 11 through 13. Uh, go ahead uh, and uh, give us your comment on uh, uh, how he gave a brief understanding, brief synopsis, explaining briefly what Pan-Africanism is. Well, it, it's uh, key and crucial that we understand and appreciate our, our history and it, its fullness. Yes. And when we're talking about history and its fullness, we're not just talking about kings and queens, uh, great leaders. We're talking about the flow of, of uh, history in reference to economics, politics, and culture. In order to explain it to my students and the people I have to deal with, I usually take the pyramidal shape of the pyramid mm -hmm. and uh, develop what I call the pyramidal consciousness. At one polarity, uh, you have uh, economics. That's the foundation principle of the universe. Economics is your creative, productive capability. If you're not economically successful or proficient, you will die as yes. individuals, as families, as, as groups. But economics in the Nile Valleys and the great rivers of uh, the African world has given us a, an ecology uh, that we can grow from, which we have. But that economics, if it's not related to management, politics, right. and politics is your management capability. So you have to have a productive capability economically. You have to have a management capability politically. And with that foundation, you can start moving somewhere and going someplace. But you cannot sustain it if you do not have at the top of this pyramidal uh, process, this triangle shape of the pyramid. If you don't have culture, right. culture has to deal with the values and the understanding of what life is all about and generational understandings. And so economics, politics, and culture is what 
Pan-Africanism uh, represents for our people who had wisdom, and they came together, hundreds of them, and they laid the foundation in 1945. I have a beautiful photo of uh, the uh, 1945 uh, conference leaders and their work, and also they began to organize uh, politically. So you had the, in 1963, mm-hmm. you had Africans coming together for the, uh, in Ethiopia. Pahala uh, Selassie gave them the wherewithal, and they began to unify the nation states that they were developing and the regions of the nation states. So 63, I have a beautiful picture of the leaders that met at that time, and in the front is Emperor Haile Selassie holding hands with Gamal Nasser, the great leader of Egypt. And over his shoulder, you can see uh, Ben Bella, the leader of the Algerian uh, struggle in North Africa. And on the other uh, side, you can see Sekou Touré and with his big brother, Ufad Bunny of the Ivory Coast. Right. And they had formed the RDA, the Resemblement on Democratic African, so organizing the French nation. So you had the English nations organized, the French nations organized, the Portuguese nations organized. And so that's the great awakening that's, uh, uh, that we're about. Excellent. Uh, continuing. Uh, okay, let's do this. We got a caller. I want, I want to try to squeeze in this caller. I want to try to squeeze in this caller because we, yes. we got only have a few minutes left in this show. Uh, do we have Mother Z on the line? Good evening. I give you great respect, Dr. Jeffrey, and definitely, Michael. I am so proud of you. You know, if I was complaining because I really want your program to be earlier, (laughs) 11 o'clock, the most minds are mostly sleeping. And I I do have issues with the, we got issues. I wish they would take that with the, program off the line and right. have you in their space. Well, well, so okay, so m- m- Mother Z, so I am, m- Mother Z, I let, am, me, let me just so say let this very quickly. Just I let, am let, from Ghana, right. and I've been here since 1957. Right. Now, some of the, the people's names that Dr. Jeffrey gave, one of them was my uncle who didn't have his name. His name was Dr. Francis B. O'Neill. Mm-hmm. that they would make him Francis B. Owen. He was doctor of anthropology at Columbia University. Okay. Unfortunately, a lot of his um, information was never really publicized, and his wife, his American wife that he married, was uh, Ruby Owu, and she was running for some kind of um, congressional situation when we were living in Harlem, New York. 1857, 7th Avenue was the address. So if you yes. can make uh, information or uh, get some kind of uh, background on him, I would appreciate some kind of publication for him. Okay. Yes. And, and, and let me just say this quickly. I, pr- I appreciate your call, Mother Z, but I, I make it a policy on this show. I don't speak negatively about other talk show hosts on this radio station. I know you I know you don't mean anything about it, but just so people understand, I don't do it because that could create, you know, problems along the way thing and, and bad blood, things like this. But on Sundays, true, true, on, on, true, su- true, on Sundays, 
on Sundays, my show is on two hours early, around 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. That's my uh, normal Amen. time slot. And that's what I love about it. But mm-hmm. I just, that, your knowledge is so powerful, my son, yeah. that I want you earlier so other <laughs> sleeping minds could gain knowledge. Right. Because you are a young brother that is giving out all the information. And right. that's why the lack of knowledge is so prevalent here. Right. Because they do not know the truth. And you are the voice that we have been waiting the young boys to wake up and do that. Okay. Nkuma was a relative of mine. And my name is Ama Sita Zitian Mbuku Zitanoff. Okay. All right, Mother Z. They call me Mother Z. All right, thanks for so calling. I appreciate okay. it. I bless you. you, and I say thank you so much for all that you do. All right, thank you, Mother Z. I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. J, we only got a couple of minutes left in the show. Go ahead and uh, uh, comment quickly, and then let people know how you can, uh, uh, how people can get in contact with you as well. And uh, somebody asked, uh, give her a cash app, uh, dollar sign the AHN, dollar sign the AHN show through cash app is. Uh, 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 cash up. We have it at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com also. But go ahead, Dr. J. Yes, well, we'll uh, my wife and I will be there for the for three days of the activity in Detroit. We will also have books and, and tapes for uh, if people wish to purchase them, and they will include a series of uh, similar to what I'm, we've been talking about here. And I'm sure Brother Smalls and others will be there with uh, things and they will have vendors so that yep. don't hesitate I'll be a vendor to there. take home a souvenir of several of these books and uh, begin to expand your mind. We're on a victorious path, and the beautiful thing about it is that it's with the African mind that we will be able to um, get rid of this feeling of inferiority okay. placed upon us by the European and Absolutely. Uh, other folks. All uh, right, they're playing my theme song. The on the African bandwagon. All right, Dr. And the J. Coming. <laughs> right. Okay, we're out of time. All right, brother. I'll see you in Detroit. Right. I'll have a vendor booth there as well. Uh, I may be on one of the panels. You take care, Dr. J. We'll see you here in Detroit. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. You can also register for my online classes. We have uh, the uh, information for Cash App and PayPal there also. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. And then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We'll be back tomorrow. Right now, it's correct for own behaviors. Not over till we win. We'll count it forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right. Stand by, everybody. Stand by. Okay. So we had uh, technical difficulties with Restream for like the first, uh, well, after the first segment of the show in the first hour, I was interviewing Professor Jane Small. So 30 minutes of that interview wasn't on uh, Facebook or YouTube. We weren't broadcasting, but it's on the radio. So I got to splice everything together. I had to get the audio from the radio show, put that all together because Professor Small was dropping some real knowledge. Uh, and he was dealing with the connection. Uh, we talked about um, some of what he's going to deal with in his presentation uh, on uh, at the conference. And we talked about uh, using African history, culture, economics, and politics and how that all comes together. Okay. So uh, be sure to register for blank page. What? What are you saying? This blank page. What are you talking about? 
um, you can still register for the, uh, we have a new section of my 10 week online class. It just started up Saturday, April 23rd. We did class number one. We had a fantastic class. Um, ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. If you missed class number one, not a problem. You can register for it right now. As soon as you register, class number one is archived. You can start watching it. So we have it at our website. Also, I'm going to post the link here um, as well. It says register now. Okay. And this is a 10-week online class. We do a thousands of years of history, what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. It's a very visual class. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips, all of that, okay? And even after the course is over with, you can still go back and watch it anytime. It's on sale $80, regularly $130. This course is gonna blow your mind. The second class that I teach, and uh, we also offer a, 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 a bundle pack where you get these classes discounted even more. Second class, we have this starting up Sunday, May 8th, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968, okay? And this class picks up where the second one leaves off, but this new section of this course starts up uh, So if you register for our bundle pack, you'll get uh, all three classes, including Great African Women in History, the Mothers of Civilization. You get that for uh, $120. That's a $285 value, okay? If you've taken any of my classes in the past, email me, at a show at africanhistorynetwork.com, AHN show at africanhistorynetwork.com, and um, you'll get a 50% discount also. Uh, the clip dealing with uh, from Roland Martin Unfiltered, we'll play that on our show Monday, okay? Because we're out of time here. Remember, right now, let's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll come to forever. And uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com.